In my office uh, at home, my uh, psychotherapy office, I have a few plants. And sometimes I walk into the office after uh, the weekend and I'm greeting a client and I notice my plants are like <laughs> and um, there's, there's, there's a moment to uh, hear uh, two voices inside. One is uh, what I'd call the, the perfectionist voice that uh, some of you, maybe, maybe most of us in some ways are familiar with, that, that has a very particular tone to it that says, oh, look at you, you know, you've, you, you can't even take care of your plants, and, uh, and, and here's your client seeing this drooping plant, you know, what, what, how, how good are you as a psychotherapist, you know, um, and you usually make a little joke about it, uh, but the other voice says, what a gift, what a gift to both you and your client that your vulnerability, your humanity, your imperfection is on display. And it's a very different voice, isn't it? It's a really different voice. And uh, some of us know that Native American story, you know, which wolf do you feed? You know, uh, I like wolves too. Kind of a totem animal for me. I, I it, it makes sense that uh, the voice to listen to is the voice of wisdom, is the voice of wisdom and compassion, but definitely wisdom. So the thing about these plants is that uh, they're called prayer plants. <laughs> so, and, not, and to add to the, the perfectionist part, they're plants that were gifts at my father's funeral. <laughs> Uh, what I've learned about prayer plants is they're very forgiving. Uh, something, a trait my father actually didn't have in his blessed Irish countenance. Um, it, it, he was very loyal, uh, but uh, forgiveness was, uh, in his own uh, words, was not his uh, forte. Uh, so these plants are so forgiving that by the end of the hour with the client, after a drink of water, <laughs> it's 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 an amazing experience actually not that I not that I feel great about their you know uh, not attending to them but it's such a teaching from them about capacity you know capacity to uh, to 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 survive through a drought and uh, and to come back again and and I do experience them, I really do experience them as forgiving me. It's quite a powerful experience. And um, it's not that I haven't brought mindfulness to uh, remembering to water them more frequently, okay? So that's part of our practice. It's not like we just see it, oh, there it is, oh, okay, okay, everything is okay. It's like it's information. Um, but even with information, our habits show up again. And that's that's kind of a... That's kind of a working edge in daily life practice, just like it's a working edge in formal practice on retreat. You know, and after many, many years of practice, sometimes a perfectionist voice will say, well, after all these years of practice, and after all these years of psychotherapy, and after all blah, 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 
there it is again. You know, you're late again. You know, or, or something. You know, something. And it's just that, again, that invitation to be generous and wise and compassionate with being human. This is one of the, um, we could call the, someone in my, one of our small groups used the word shadow. You know, what's, what's your shadow side? I, this, is my, this is my languaging. Um, it's not in Buddhist scripture, of course, but I think the shadow side of um, vipassana practice, which is, is very, you know, it's a beautiful form, really, the simplicity of the sitting and walking. But the shadow side of that teaching, if we don't understand it clearly, is distance, is disconnection, is disconnection from our direct experience. It's like, okay, see, I see anger, I see anger, I see anger. You know, where is that, you know, where is it, are we meeting it with compassion, and where is that, that subtle, like, mm, I'm not going to really deal with that, because it's not dharma, you know, it's not. Like those difficult emotions we can tell ourselves are some kind of failure of our spiritual practice or our human practice. It's just not true. It's just not true. We're breathing, feeling, thinking, imperfect, imperfectly perfect human beings. And we all share that. So when I think about going home on a retreat, I think about kindness and practice. I think about these two things, like what can we bring, what can we uh, bring in our toolbox for ourselves as we make that transition? Because the truth is we don't know what's next. We have a plan, you know, and we need our plans, you know. You know, we know hopefully my ride's gonna show up today or else I'll miss my plane. Um, but there, there is, we have a plan about getting home, we might have a plan about what's happening later, or maybe we don't. But we really actually do not know. Some of you have shared the most powerful and heartbreaking and deeply inspiring stories about loss and change in your life and how you are meeting that and working with that. So many people, including us as teachers have, have spoken about the, the awe, really, of your, your integrity and your practice and your courage. And you might say, well, I don't have a choice, but, mm, you know, which wolf do you feed? Is it self-pity? Is it no? Or is it, okay, this is what's here. This is what's in the bowl, like it or not. So in our toolbox, it might be that we can really pay attention, actually. One thing that's helped me a great deal in my practice throughout many decades of practicing, it's really simple. It's staying connected with my body in really simple ways, like step, 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 mm, feeling the doorknob, feeling the steering wheel. Um, Sitting on the toilet is a perfect opportunity because we're still for a little bit, you know, just really feeling body sensation. Going to bed at night, I find, is really a big doorway for me for, for practice because there I am, 
Um, and so, you know, feeling the sheets, feeling many of us have um, sleep problems. Sometimes you can just let yourself feel into the sensation of the, the, the blankets, the sheets, um, you know, letting yourself turn off the, the news, hopefully, you know, well before you go to bed. You know, bringing your attention to mindfulness of the body, you can do a body scan, or maybe you bring some loving kindness and just offer yourself loving kindness. Or if you're next to someone in bed, offering them loving kindness. Or, or if your heart feels full, offering the world, you know, offering uh, people, beings unknown. Those can be wonderful times to actually do some, some practice. It could be five minutes, <coughs> uh, 10 minutes or longer. Um, same when you wake up in the morning, even a few minutes just to connect with, wow, I'm, I'm, th I'm alive. I mean, there's life and opening to that, feeling that, feeling your feet as soon as you out of bed on the floor, you know, hand on the toothbrush. Just those kind of things in transitional times are really, really helpful um, to be mindful of the body. Because we, we tend to be caught in, in the mind and forget that we even have a body. So those are great ways to practice. Um, and of course, it's also really helpful to, to sit if you can. You know, if you can even, doesn't have to be a half hour, 45 minutes. It could be 10 or 15. If you have a place in your house um, that you can designate as you're sitting, it may be a chair that you like, that you feel well supported. It may be a corner in a room. Um, or maybe some people they have a whole room, but you don't need that. Um, you know, sometimes people find it helpful to have some kind of image, like a Buddha image, or, or maybe a heart, or, or maybe it's a, a poem or a phrase that, um, that you have, you know, in your refrigerator, just something to kind of also wake up the mind. So these are some things that are, are uh, I find useful and really strengthening. Like, not to minimize it, like, oh, okay, that's just, you know, I'm just mindful of steps. You know, what a big deal. It actually is a big deal. It, it breaks that cycle of being lost in thought. So it's worth it. I mean, I tr you know, when I go up the stairs to my office, it's, it's kind of built in, just step, step, just feeling the steps, and the mind shuts off for a while. So those are, those are really helpful. The other thing is just... To, um, and particularly for those of you that are, this is a new, newer experience being on retreat, but we all need this reminder, is um, just take care of yourself today because you have been on retreat. And sometimes we just don't realize how sensitive we are. You know, our systems are rather sensitive. And just check in with yourself. I mean, quite honestly, I, I've left like a 10-day retreat and gone to a party, and it was fine. And another time I've left a retreat and gone into a grocery store and just like, kind of like that day, the other day, just get me out of here. So I think you really have to tune in, if you can, if you're able to, some of us maybe don't have the option of that, choosing where we're gonna be, but if you can, take some time to, uh, to go a little slower today, if it's possible, um, and, uh, and just take care of yourselves. And to remember that the other people in your lives, they haven't been on retreat, so sometimes it can feel a little coarse, a little bit like, they'll say, how was your retreat? And you're like, oh, well. And the next thing you know, they're like spacing out or, you know, <laughs> asking another question and they're not really interested. Try not to take that personally. It really, they haven't been on retreat. And it doesn't mean they don't love you, care for you. So, um, say more in our closing, but I, these are just ways to really support, support our practice. And 
we'll say more in the closing circle, but certainly um, Sangha is, is a, Sangha will say more about it, but it's, it's an important part, I, for me, of uh, keeping my uh, practice um, alive. Thank you. So, yeah. I'll say a few things about Sangha. <clears throat> <clears throat> Thanks, Jean. Um, it took me a long time to <clears throat> to establish uh, a daily practice of meditation, and um, it uh, yeah, I, I tried for years and uh, with the best of intentions, and and somehow it just kind of fell by the wayside, got forgotten. And then um, when I started going on retreats, I, I realized how nourishing it was. I realized that I needed to do this. I needed to, um, to develop to uh, this capacity to uh, to have some space in the heart and the mind to be with my life as it was, and um, and and so I'm pretty. I'm, I I wouldn't say every 100% every day, but I I it doesn't it doesn't fall by the wayside anymore because it's just as much as um, as eating to nourish myself. I need to sit. To nourish my heart, and um, and I I hope that you do uh, really take this opportunity. Um, there's something about having been on retreat that that you know where it, there's a kind of um, <clears throat> momentum maybe uh, to <clears throat> to sit uh, to you know maybe maybe you've experienced. Uh, a little bit of calm, a few breaths where the mind just uh, is, is more quiet. And um, and so, as Jean said, it's um, uh, you don't need to sit for an hour, but, um, you know, half an hour is good, 20 minutes. <clears throat> one thing that, <clears throat> one little thing I'd recommend is that if you're going to sit, if you say, I'm going to sit for 20 minutes, sit for 20 minutes. Even, even if you don't feel like it, don't say, oh, this is no good, my mind's just wandering, and get up after 10. Make a commitment and, and fulfill that commitment. There's a story that Joseph Goldstein uh, tells about, um, he gives like the extremes of commitment to daily sitting. And he said, there's this one psychiatrist that he knows who for I mean and this this he told me or he I heard the story from him um, 20 years ago so uh, he said for 25 years this psychiatrist has been sitting an hour in the morning and an hour every night and he has a family and he has a practice you know a professional practice and and he never misses so and this this person is still alive and teaching, so um, probably it's 45 years now. Um, and so that's, that's kind of one end of the spectrum. And then the other end is this actor in New York City who had this very busy life and 
you know, all kinds of crazy hours and auditions, parties, and so he made the commitment that every day he was going to sit down on his meditation cushion. Even if he got up again, you know, a minute later. But there's, and I, there's something about that that actualizes your intention. So you're, you're actualizing your intention, and then you might discover when you sit down, actually, you know what, I have 15 minutes. I don't, ha I don't have to have that second cup of coffee or whatever, or make that phone call or check, you know, check the, my email. I can, I can just sit for 10 or 15 minutes. So, so, um, so there's a lot of wisdom in that, just, just actualizing your intention. Um, we really explored community and the power of community on this retreat, the power of human relationships and, 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 and to, to offer support and to, uh, to receive support in our practice and in this, this practice we could call it of honesty, of, of being truthful and loving in our lives. We don't have to call it dharma. So it's just, it's, it's living in the best way we can. And, and so connecting with community, sometimes it's easy depending on where you live, depending on what's available. <clears throat> we have on the True North Insight website, there are sitting groups um, that are, some of them are actual True North Insight groups with teachers who are part of our larger community. So um, uh, Claire, who offered Qigong and, and was with us, I, um, I didn't introduce her to everybody, and uh, so I'm, I'm sorry about that, but Claire is one of our, our trained um, community meditation teachers and, and sometimes offers uh, classes in Montreal. Uh, and um, Pascal and I offer classes, and there are some other community meditation meditation teachers as well in Ottawa, and there are some groups in in uh, in Toronto. So 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 uh, the website is a resource. The website is also a resource in terms of hearing Dharma talks, and there's a reading list of recommended books. So so check out our website. Um, and. Um, And I think that you know what Jean said about the body uh, being uh, such an ally in, in our practice, uh, coming home to the body, and um, I, I think that that's something I, I also really want to echo. And uh, for me, um, uh, I, I, I can come home to my body, I can just feel my heart, feel the energy in my body, feel myself sitting, and, and it ha it's a kind of a home base. It's a kind of a, an inner refuge that is there. And we can all develop that. We can all uh, cultivate that, that we can be a refuge to ourselves. You know, I think that sometimes we feel like we have to escape ourselves, and um, it's, it's really a shift. 
in practice that we come to to recognize that we can be a refuge to ourselves um, just by stopping, just by you know stopping you know the leaning forward into the next experience or the leaning backward into what just happened and 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 being ruminating over it. <clears throat> There's a little poem that I thought of that um, that I'd like to read. It's a uh, it's an indigenous uh, story, elder story, rendered, um, re retold by David Wagner um, in his heart in his uh, book, The Heart Aroused. Um, and um, it's a collection that David White put together. So the poem is called Lost. Lost. So we may feel lost sometimes. Stand still. The trees ahead and the bushes beside you are not lost. Wherever you are is called here. And you must treat it as a powerful stranger must ask permission to know it and be known. The forest breathes. Listen, it answers. I have made this place around you. If you leave it, you may come back again, saying, here. No two trees are the same to Raven. No two branches are the same to wren. If what a tree or a bush does is lost on you, you are surely lost. Stand still. The forest knows where you are. You must let it find you. Finally, I'd like to just end this time of our sharing before we open up to um, questions and answers uh, with a, a forgiveness reflection. And I'd, I'm going to read it through twice. I'm going to read it through once, and you can listen to it. And then I'm going to read it through a second time and if you like, you can repeat uh, the sentence after, after me, or phrase. I'll, I'll go through it by phrases. If I have harmed anyone in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, through my own confusions, I ask your forgiveness. If anyone has harmed me in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, through their own confusions, I forgive them. 
And if there is a situation I am not ready to forgive, I forgive myself for that. For all the ways that I harm myself, negate, doubt, belittle myself, judge or be unkind to myself, through my own confusions, I forgive myself. So I'll read it again with some pauses, um, and and if you like, you can you can say it after me. If I have harmed anyone in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, if, if I have harmed anyone in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, through my own confusions, I ask your forgiveness. Through, Through my, my own confusions, confusions I, ask I ask your forgiveness. If anyone has harmed me in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, through their own confusions, I forgive them. If, if anyone has harmed me in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, through their own confusions, I forgive them. <coughs> And if there is a situation I am not ready to forgive, and if there is a situation I am not ready to forgive, I forgive myself for that. I forgive myself for that. For all the ways that I harm myself, negate, doubt, belittle myself, for all the ways that I harm myself, negate, doubt, belittle myself, judge or be unkind to myself, judge or be unkind to myself, through my own confusions, I forgive myself. Through my own confusions, I forgive myself. So we'd like to open it up to your questions. Um, uh, we have, don't have um, uh, unlimited time. We have about 10 minutes. And um, um, and you can address a question to, to one or another of us, or just uh, not, not in particular. Um, Either one of us or both of us. Uh, I can record this. Oh. Yeah, I was going to. Oh, okay, sure. So, are you, people feel comfortable. Are you okay with recording, or I could turn it off if anybody, if anybody prefers not. You can let me know afterwards if you prefer that I don't record it. You can edit it. Yeah, actually, you know what? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.